Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. So this past week, um, my family and I was on vacation down uh, near the Outer Banks, and um, I had a lot of time to think about some things. And one thing that was really pressing on my mind was the struggle of just doubts and fears. And I began thinking, you know, why do I feel so much guilt and pain sometimes, you know, and it really causes me at times to question in my faith, even though I'm aware of the promises of the Bible, sometimes I I just can't help but wrestle with these things. And so sometimes I I think, I mean, I certainly wrestle with, and I'm sure other people do as well, this question of, you know, has, has God given up on me? Or does does God want me anymore? And if he does, then, you know, why do I fear that I'm not a child of God? A- am I not close to God like I once was? Because, you know, sometimes I feel abandoned in my struggle to be a Christian. But, you know, as you read the Bible, Christians don't fear the judgment of God, right? And so are these voices in my mind evidence that I'm not saved? And, you know, why am I not at peace when I know that God's word and the promises he's made are for those who believe? And so, as I thought about all this, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to just an unhealthy view of God. And like I said, I was on vacation and I I mean, I spent a lot of time. I've got I've got two small children, another one on the way. Uh, my oldest is going to be four soon. My, my uh, youngest uh, is two. And they're right at that age where they're pushing the boundaries constantly. And, and it was amazing just how constant, you know, they need to be corrected over and over and over. And, you know, I see this, you know, in the evenings when I get home from work, but it's different, you know, to spend a whole week every day, all day with the kids and just realize like, man, the patience that my wife has to have to <laughs> just correct over and over again, you know, and just rarely did they ever listen, you know, without corrective action. They're just right there. Like I said, they're just pushing the boundaries and you just have to, you know, hold the line all day long. <laughs> and the level of obedience was far outweighed by the level of disobedience. And it occurred to me partway through the week that, you know, as I thought about my failures to God, that I was never once shaken in my love for my children, despite their behavior. And I've often heard the saying, there's nothing I can do today that will make God love me anymore, and nothing I can do today that will make God love me any less. And I guess I just never really let that sink in until I realized, you know, there's virtually no correlation between the behavior of my children and how much I love them. Now, I've spent a great deal of time thinking about how much, you know, I must disappoint God with the way I struggle with sin. But then I'm not surprised by the bad behavior of my children. I'm not pleased with my children when they misbehave, of course. But my desire is to correct them, not to abandon or destroy them. And despite the fact that we are made in God's image, and we know our love is less perfect than God's, I think we somehow forget sometimes when it comes to comparing our Heavenly Father to our own parenting. 
when I struggle to think that God would want or love me due to my behavior, it's like saying that I have more love for my children than God has for his. And I've come to realize that what pleases me most as a father isn't the obedience of my children, but their love. Now, obedience is an important expression of their love, but it is their love that makes it meaningful. I I think at times uh, I've gotten lost in the doing. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be wary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. And I see how much my discipline hurts my children. It, It grieves their spirit to know that I'm displeased. Often it's my displeasure with them that upsets them far more than the discipline itself. And it's funny that while knowing this to be true of my children, when I feel the displeasure of my Heavenly Father, I think that somehow He's stopped loving me. But the Word says He loves who He corrects. So when I sin before God as a Christian, He chastens me. And as painful and effective as my discipline for my children is, all the more the discipline of God. But where the discipline of God becomes a fearful thing is when we get focused more on our performance than on our relationship with our Father. And we get exhausted from this process of growth. Without love in a relationship between a father and a child, the child you know, quickly begins to resent the discipline and the one who gives it. Because it's easier for us to cultivate a life of works towards God than it is to cultivate a heart of love for God. Some of us tend to try for perfection and expect that God would provide the means for such a noble goal. And then, you know, as we fall short, we get angry that God isn't making us perfect like we think he should and resent the consequences of our sin because somehow it's his fault for not fixing us already. Obviously, this means of pursuing God is unhelpful, to say the least. So I'm beginning to understand that when I wrestle with all the doubts and fears about God and my soul, it, I'm coming to realize that it's, it's less of a behavior problem and more of a relationship problem. If none of us sinned again for the rest of our lives, some of us would still have horrible relationships with God. Whenever we stop and think about that, you know, if none of us ever sinned again for the rest of our lives, some of, some of us would still have horrible relationships with God. That's because obedience is an expression of love and not an alternative for it. We don't please our Heavenly Father with obedience. We please Him by loving Him. And as we love Him, we become more like Him. And it is in that relationship that we can know the chastening of the Lord in the security of His love. 1 John 4, 17, 19 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love Him, because He first loved us. As I've wrestled with this thought of love versus, you know, the perfection in service, I've come to realize through the study that my level of obedience will never be high enough to cast out my fears. My reaction to sin has always been you know, to try harder when it should have been love more. I've never believed in a workspace salvation. But somehow I've always held on to this fear that I won't be enough. And so when I look at my children, I've come to realize how little that really matters. My children are entirely incapable of keeping all the rules, but my heart is still overflowing with love, even when they are feeling the firm hand of discipline. And so 
I've been so busy in the doing that the truth is my relationship with God has gotten pretty terrible. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So while I may be going to church, reading the word, and running a podcast, and trying to share the gospel, I may very well have left my relationship with God on the back burner a long time ago. And I've been really upset over the last week because I know that I'm far from where I want to be with God. Um, I know that I have to rely less in all my works to bring me peace and more on the love that God is willing to pour out in my life. God is trying to show us and, and trying to love us silly children for who we are, but I'm too busy trying to be worth it to let him do it. And the only qualification to having a close relationship with God is that love flows both directions. And if we get that right, the works will fall into place. Just to be clear, this is not a message that sin doesn't matter. As Paul said in Romans 6, 1, what shall we say then? You know, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In verse 2, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? But my goal for the near future is to slow down a bit and enjoy God. Spend time thinking about his goodness and his blessings. Spend time reveling in the fact that God loves me. Take time to acknowledge the fact that sin makes me miserable is proof that he loves me. So as I think about the love that I have for my little ones, I'm given a better understanding of how great the Father's love must be for me. And so, I hope that might bring you a little bit of peace as well. Obedience is good, it is, but loving obedience is better. Mark 12, 29-30 says, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.